Let's Make It is brought to you by Zobi.com, the official supplier of electronic kits and other fun stuff for Let's Make It. Use code LMIFUN during checkout to save 10% on your order. Visit Zobi.com, that is Z-E-O-B-I.com today to get your 10% off. Hello and welcome to episode number 75 of Let's Make It. And this is our first time we've been here on a Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Also, I should say, welcome to 2015. So if you showed up last Wednesday at 7 p.m., you probably realized we weren't here. And then we are sorry about that. We actually had a death in our family and that takes precedence over the show. So, but we are here now and we are ready to start rocking and rolling in 2015. So as I mentioned in our last show, episode 74, we're going to start out the year talking about quadcopters. And you also may have noticed in the beginning of the show, we have a sponsor and we're not quite completely set up with them yet. But uh, if you are looking to buy any kind of electronic product uh, that we talk about here on the show, we will definitely make sure they have it. And a lot of times it will, it will actually come from them as well. But um, yeah, if you go to zobi.com, you can get all the electronic parts and they're adding things all the time. They're becoming very specialized. They kind of like pulled everything off and started over and they're adding things back in uh, little by little because they want to be kind of, what do you call that? Um, they have a name for it that um, I can think of it right now, but they're trying to be very specialized and they're getting in parts and they're adding in parts for us right now for some shows coming up that they had before and are putting back in just because uh, we're going to start talking about them on the show. Um, so yeah, go check out zobi.com again, a great sponsor. And um, hopefully next week we have to have a code you can use and save some money. So maybe you want to hold off till next week. Shit, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. So this week we're going to start down the road of hexacopters, quadcopters. Everybody's heard of these things. Some people call them drones. I hate the word drone. Drone to me is something that kills people. Um, that's kind of what we talk about in the movies. They're drones. Um, these things don't hurt anybody. Well, they can. And if you treat them respectfully, they won't. Um, some people do not treat these things respectfully or, or the people around them respectfully with, with them. But if you... Uh, fly them and follow the rules and are, are careful about it. They're pretty safe. They're not going to hurt you. Typically they're just used for fun flying around. Some people use them for business, for getting uh, photos from the air and things like that. Uh, it's kind of what we use them for. Plus we're starting to do some playing around with racing stuff now, but you're racing in a closed course where you're not gonna hurt anybody and things like that. So it's all hopefully safe fun that uh, these things bring. But we have a lot of questions about it. I mentioned a long time ago, I was starting to play with them. I've showed you some parts of it, but I never really sat down and went through it in any great detail. So um, I've learned a lot building these things. I've learned a lot of things that you shouldn't do uh, when building them, things that work better, things that don't work at all. Uh, and I like to kind of share that with people. And there's a lot of confusing things. There's not like one place you can go and say, here's the book on quads, or here's the book on hexacopters, or here's how you, you do this. And there's a lot of misinformation, in fact, one of the things that really pushed me to put this all into a number of shows in a row was because I keep hearing all this misinformation, other shows, other podcasters that are talking about quads and other articles and blogs, they're giving misinformation. What, how are the batteries are figured, how you calculate the batteries, how you click the motors. Um, they just don't know what they're talking about and, or they misspoke and didn't understand or they didn't get it across. Right. I want to make it so it's crystal clear how all this stuff works. And it is a little bit complicated, especially when you start getting into the math. 
And yes, there's the M word, the math word. There is a lot of math when it comes to building these things. And that's what I'm going to cover today. I have pre-recorded a segment where I walk through individually each of the values, how they work together. And then afterward, I'm actually going to show you a calculator that I found online um, that you can go and tweak the numbers around and see how yours is going to work comparatively. But by the time you're done watching this next segment, you should be able to figure it out manually. It's just a little bit of time consuming. Um, I do have a spreadsheet that I use, and I probably put the spreadsheet out. I think it's in Google Docs. I'll put a link to it, share it publicly, so that you can go out and, and grab it. And I may even convert it over to something like in Excel or also, so you can download it from the website. So if you don't want to go out to the website, as other website, and do it, you can tweak your own numbers a little bit, and the spreadsheet makes it a little bit more flexible. But there is, like I said, there's a lot of misinformation, and it's just time to get rid of misinformation. And the best way I could do that is to... Um, sit down and show you the stuff. So what t- today it's going to be, it's all the math. It's the M word. It's the nasty M word. Uh, all the math behind doing this. How do you do you size your batteries? How do you size your motors? Uh, all that type of stuff is all, it's pretty easy after you figure it out, but they all relate to each other. And why shouldn't you use a 10 inch prop um, with a 4S battery? It's bigger than a 3S battery. It should be able to handle a bigger prop. Well, yes, it should be able to. There's problems. We'll talk about all that during this Um and all the problems that you can, you can come up with. Now, after tonight, we're going to talk about, I'm going to show you a radio modification. Uh, I have modified my radio so that it goes farther. Not a lot farther. You can go a lot farther than what I did, but a real simple um, change. I also inserted or installed the ability to reprogram my uh, radio and also reflashed it with, with open source code and replaced the code that came with it which gives it a whole bunch more features as well. And we're going to cover all that kind of stuff coming up, different kinds of receivers. Um, you name it, we're going to cover the thing beginning to end so that you should be able to put together a quad. Uh, and I'm going to talk about different kinds of motors, the goods, the bads, the cheaps, the not cheaps. I mean, just because it's cheap doesn't mean you shouldn't buy it. And I'm going to talk about that too because starting out, you're going to crash a lot. So less expensive may be the better option for you until you get good at it. And then you're going to, you're going to want the better motors or the better batteries by then so we're going to cover all that stuff so tonight it's the math and i'm going to start a segment right now and i'll come back as soon as it's over all right so we're going to start out with batteries tonight and there's lots of things about batteries that are confusing um and this is probably one of the most confusing parts of battery of the whole quadcopter or hexacopter whatever you're doing multi-blade or even if you're doing electric airplanes this is probably one of the most confusing parts is understanding the calculations around batteries. So you always see the batteries have uh, like a 2300 mAh or an S number to it, like an S3 or S4, and there's a C number. What's, what does C mean? So we're going to go through all that stuff and explain all this tonight. Um, so let's go ahead and get started here. First of all, milliamp hour is basically a capacity rating. So it tells you how many hours the battery can supply with just one milliamp. So if you have a 3000 milliamp hour battery, and you have something that's drawing one milliamp, it should run theoretically for 3,000 hours. Now, there's you got to remember there's a thousand milliamps and an amp. So if we're talking about a 3,000 milliamp battery, we're talking about a three amp battery, which is basically three amp hours. So if you have something that's going to draw three amps, it'll last for an hour till the battery goes dead. So that's another way of looking at it as well. They do it in milliamp. I don't um, probably because there's different variations of numbers like there's. 3,500, so rather than saying 3.5 amp hours, it's just 3,500 milliamp hours. So 
Um, and then, um, as I mentioned right there, a 2300 milliamp battery, for example, can supply one amp of power basically for 2.3 hours, or can supply 2.3 amps for one hour. Or if you're using 23 amps of the battery, it can supply for six minutes uh, before it gets depleted. So either way, you look at the math, it all figures out to be the same amount of uh, stuff in the battery. It has a, a capacity, and so no matter how you use the capacity, what speed you use it, um, you can currently calculate how long it'll last. And we're going to do that here in a little bit as well. We're going to calculate how you determine how long your 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 quad or whatever is going to fly. And we're actually going to do we're going to do a thing out for a quad, and then you go backwards and say, I want to fly for ten minutes. What kind of battery do I need? And we're going to figure all this stuff out. Okay, so the S number is the individual number of batteries that are in the pack. So when you get a LiPo pack, it's going to be like a 3S. And if you get like a 3S, it basically has three individual batteries in there. Now, each LiPo battery provides 3.7 volts. So if a LiPo pack has three LiPo batteries in it, like a 3S battery, it will provide 11.1 volts. Similarly, a 4S battery, which has four of these batteries inside of its pack, will provide 14.8 volts. And up again, 5S is 18.5, etc., etc. And I didn't list it here, but you can actually get a 1S and 2S, um, which are 3.7 and 7.4 volts. So um, it's, they're all in multiples to 3.7. The S number just tells you how many of those are inside of the actual LiPo pack. And I call it a pack because it's actually a number of individual batteries inside the pack. And a lot of the, a lot of these come that you can kind of see in it. And you can see they're like little, what looks like tinfoil packs. So, and we're going to talk about safety of those too because they are very dangerous as well. Um, very volatile, volatile batteries. So, C is for the number of cells and determines how much power can be pulled from the battery at one time. So, the more cells, the more power that you can be pulled. And to calculate the n maximum constant draw of the battery without the battery being damaged, you just take the amp hours and multiply it by the number of cells. And that gives you your total maximum draw of the battery. Uh, you can draw more than that, obviously, but the battery could catch on fire. It could get really hot, hard, hard to handle. It could ruin the battery. So you kind of want to make sure that you're not overdrawing your battery. So a great example here is a 2300 milliamp battery that is a 25C can sustain a maximum draw of 57.5 amps. Similarly, a 5,000 milliamp 40C can output 200 amps without damaging the battery. Uh, and some batteries come with two C numbers. Some of them will say, like see right there, C25 and C35. And the first number is the number we're talking about. The second number is the maximum peak you can do for a short burst. So the first number is the number we're talking about. So if you get like a 2300 uh, milliamp battery, that is a 20 uh, C25 and a C35, it can draw 57.5 amps, constant current, and it won't hurt it. And it can take peaks of draws up to 80.5 amps. So if you're going to go, if you're in a quad and you give it full throttle, uh, you can run up to 80.5 before the battery gets damaged, but not for very long. Uh, you have to get back into that 57.5 amp range without, so you don't get the battery uh, to, to hurt itself. So that's what the second number is. I don't see many batteries anymore with a second number on them. Occasionally I do, uh, but uh, it's typically just the, the one number. All right, so let's talk about battery care. I mentioned before these batteries are very, very dangerous. In fact, I recommend you go to YouTube and look up LiPo fire, LiPo battery explosion. Um, I've known people that take in and crash their plane and, they, and uh, the battery catches on fire, and it really catches on fire. It's a really, really hot fire. Um, I have known of one person who broke his plane and was all upset, threw it in his trunk, 
and driving down the road, his car caught on fire because the battery blew up because he threw it, in, threw it into his car. Um, if you crash with a battery, you make sure it does not get puffy. If it does, you need to make sure that you set it aside. I definitely recommend a lipo bag um, that you can char both charge and store them in because if something would happen that during the charge it would explode, it's a very hot fire. And um, if you go out to YouTube, see people take a hammer, a simple hammer hit to one of these can catch it on fire and have it explode. So they're um, and then again, it's very hot, a very hot fire. It's not something you can put out easily. So do treat them very kindly. Um, lipo batteries do not like to be completely discharged. In fact, if you do, you will never get it charged again. And they don't like to go below. Recommendation is I've seen around it's 80%. I personally don't go below 90% if I can help it. Uh, but if you go lower than 80%, the battery may not charge back up again. You could permanently damage the battery. And if you looked at uh, prices for lipo batteries, they are not cheap. So that's just something to keep in mind. You don't want to overdraw it because you'll never get it back. Um, as I mentioned before, with the C number, make sure you're not drawing too much on the battery because if you do, it can get very hot. And I've seen them hot enough to get catch on fire. Uh, I've never have it happen to me personally, but if you, again, searching YouTube, you'll see where people. And I've had some of mine get very hot. That's how I realized I didn't have a high enough C number before I understood um, how to create the C number properly. And if you don't store lipo batteries for long periods of time, either fully charged or discharged. Um, if you use a balanced charger, uh, there's a typically something that says storage, so it charges it to a certain percentage and leaves it there. Because uh, they don't like being stored fully charged, and like being stored discharged or 80% discharged either. So you get the storage charge, and you can you can keep them for uh, a lot longer. Otherwise, they don't go, they don't go bad. So that's the, the battery care. Let's talk about motors. Mo motors have confusing numbers too, and it's actually kind of counterintuitive in some of the things we're going to talk about here. Um, until you learn what they really mean, you're thinking with the number a bigger number means faster, better motor, stronger motor, but yeah, and it does in some ways, but not in other ways. And um, so that's the things we're going to talk about here. So um, then we're talking about, going to talk about KVM, KV slash M. I've seen all kinds of different abbreviations depending on um, where you get your motors from and what country as well. That's what I is what I'm I'm learning. Uh, the amps, the maximum draw of amps, and the max voltage the motor can support. So let's look at KVM. Basically, KVM is how fast the motor will turn, and what it means is. Um, it's how many revolutions per minute per volt. So you'll see numbers on the outside of your motors. Uh, my typical motor for the larger, my larger flying things is about 980 to 1100. Um, but I've seen the motors for sale that are up to like 480, and they're designed for really big props. And then there's also the 2300s, which are typically on the real small quads. And it's going to be kind of what we're going to kind of build through this example is a smaller quad. I just built one similar to this. Um, so the numbers are very fresh in my head. That's kind of why I'm sticking to this. But um, basically, it's the number of revolutions per minute, or RPMs, that for every volt you apply to the motor, it's going to spin. So the it's odd that the smaller quads have much faster uh, motors than the larger ones, but we're going to explain why that is here. And a little bit, like I said, some of this seems kind of counterintuitive. So here's an example. A 2300 KVM uh, motor hooked up to a 3S LiPo, is going at, which is 11.1 volts, would rotate at 25,530 times per minute, which is basically 2300 times 11.1. And with a 4S, which is 14.8 volts, they would rotate at 30,040 times per minute. Very, very fast. 
30,000 RPMs. That's that's really fast. And on the opposite of that, the smaller number, the 980 kVm on a 3S battery has an RPM of 10,878. And I will tell you that 980 motor is much larger than the 2300 kVm motor. Their K3, K300s are really small compared to the 980. The 980 has a lot more, I'm call it torque. It's not really what it is, but it's like torque. So the common common thought would be that if you would want, you would really think if I want to build a really powerful quad, I want a 2300 kVm motor so it spins the fastest I can get with a 4S battery uh, to get more power. But that really is incorrect. Because the faster motors, like I said, have less torque. They can't spin as big a blades as as the the slower motors can. So um, that's why you find these really high RPM uh, motors on these tiny quads because they got these tiny little props. And to get the airflow to lift it up, you got to have really high speed of the motors turning. Which is where you get to a 2300 or 2100 kV kV motors. So um, the typical larger devices like the like my hexacopter which is, uses 10 inch blades um, uses a smaller motor uses a 980 because it's spinning a much bigger blade it's going to push a lot more air through um, even at a slower speed because the prop is so much bigger so uh, typical, I think I mentioned this the typical prop size for a 2300 kV motor is about 5 inches um, a 980 kV can easily turn an 8 or 10 inch prop uh, because it has a much higher torque. Motors are much bigger, they can spin a lot bigger props. Um, but I want to continue on that thought a little bit because here's something else that seems kind of counterintuitive to um, when you think about it. So on a 980 to 1100 kVm kV motor you probably typically see a 3S battery and it's using a 10 inch prop. Um, you can put 8 inch props on there but 10 inches uh, work well as well. But with a 4S you, want, you don't want to use a 10 inch prop, you want to use an 8 inch prop. And it's because the 4S will turn faster and the motor will have less ability to spin the props at the same speed that they're trying to run at, which basically can burn out your motor. So you're, you hear this large prop on there and this 4S is trying to get another 4,000 RPM out of those props. And it, it's hard for the motor, specifically really pushing the motor hard and it can damage the motor. So the, you want to go to a smaller prop, which does a couple of things. The prop will spin up faster, so it'll be much more responsive. Um, than having the 10 inch the the big 10 inch prop on there as well. So again, this is not a hard set rule. It's just a good guideline, and that's the reasons uh, a lot of the reasons behind why you would since this prop spinning faster, you want to go to a smaller prop, get you faster response time when you're trying to like take off, um, and you're not pushing the motors. Um, I have actually run 4S on my 10 inch props, and I never had a problem. But the motors do get very very warm, so I, I totally understand this. And now I'm pretty much running 3S for the most most part on uh, those so that's just again it seemed counterintuitive to you understand uh, why that is there's also another reason we're going to talk about here why it's important that you uh, watch how fast your props are spinning okay so every motor has an amount of amps that it would draw when it's at full throttle so it's important to know how many amps because we need to properly size the battery and the speed controller so we're going to do that in upcoming step here we're going to size out everything so we definitely need to find out how many amps it draws um, this typically the lower the kV the more amps it will draw because it's a lot bigger motor it has a lot bigger coils in it and it spins a lot slower but has a lot more torque and, and the smaller 2300s or the 2100 kV motors um, are much smaller and draw a lot less uh, amperage so 
uh, we, well, we do have to figure out what the amps is and um, I have found it sometimes difficult to find out what the draw is on a motor when you get it uh, and I've particularly ones you get enough like Amazon which I don't do anymore because they typically don't last really long alright so also motors are designed to run a particular voltage range some only will run in the range like uh, 3S some will support 3S and 4S some will, some will even do even larger ranges 5 and 6S those are for the really big uh, flying stuff but it's important to know what the motor supports so you can get the correct battery. Um, running 4S on a motor that's designed for a 3S will probably work for a little while, but eventually it's going to burn out the motor and you could be in the, in the air. Uh, nothing ever dies when you when you want it to. It's not sitting on the ground burning up. It's going to be flying when it burns up, so you could lose your you lose your your quad. I've done this and not knowing that I've done it, and that was part of the reason also why I had some motors that were getting really hot because. Um, when I purchased them off of Amazon, they said they were 3S, 4S, but when I looked up the part number uh, on the manufacturer's website, they were only 3S, and I was running a 4S battery. So, um, unless you really need to, I would say stick with 3S. First of all, the batteries are cheaper, um, and there's not, unless you're doing something really heavy duty, professional photography, something like that, 4S is probably going to be overkill for you. So, all right, so let's talk about motors and props. I mentioned about the prop size earlier. It says, in addition to not hurting the motors, the other thing to consider is the manufacturer of the prop. So I went to a prop manufacturer. As an example here, I went to one called Advanced Precision Composites. And they make all kinds of blades, but they're multi-rotor blades. Here's how it says to determine the maximum RPM, safe RPM for their blades. It's take 105,000 divided by the prop diameter in inches. So if we take a 10-inch prop, the maximum safe RPM for that blade is 10,500 RPM. We determined earlier, though, that our 3S LiPo and a 980 kV motor turned to just over 10,800 RPM. So we're about 300 RPM over the safe limit set by the manufacturer. And again, it's a recommendation by the manufacturer. It doesn't mean that when you get to 10,501, it's going to fly apart on you. It, it can probably go farther than that. That's just their safe recommendation. But on a 4S battery, the RPM on that same motor and the same blade would be 14,504, which is 4,000 RPM over the maximum recommended safe RPM by the manufacturer. So you can see right there, it's another reason why you don't want to put a 4S on a 10-inch prop. The prop probably can't handle the, the spinning rate. Now, um, I've never had a blade uh, prop fly apart, so I'm sure they can, and it may just be that the manufacturer doesn't use different materials. You have to go to the manufacturer of the blade you're using and see if you can find that information. But let's take us a little farther. So their 8-inch prop, if you do, do the same math, would say that it's, its maximum safe is 14,125. So, uh, I'm sorry, 13,125. So it's still, um, <laughs> well, it gives the RPM of the, the battery is 14,504 and 13,125 is the safe so you're really over a thousand, almost thirteen hundred RPM faster than what they say their safe is. So we're still running in that in that danger range right there. Um, a pro, a five inch prop max would be twenty one thousand RPM. So you know you can go back and look at our calculation was before, and we're pretty close on that one as far as the five inch prop goes. So you know, what happens if you go to the RPM? Well, maybe nothing. Like I said, I run mine. I know I run it over that, and I never had any problems. But it doesn't mean that I, I can't want to have a problem. So the numbers are just from that one numbers extended for one manufacturer. Um, be sure to check the manufacturer of the blades that, that you purchase and, 
and try to stay within their limits because you don't want to fly apart when you're up, especially when you're above, if you're above people or above a road, something like that. You don't want it coming down. Uh, you want to try to make sure you stick within in the limits that are from the manufacturers. All right, so let's talk about speed controllers. So of all the numbers that we're going to talk about, this is probably the easiest one uh, to do. Uh, if your motor draws a max of 15 amps, then you need at least a 15 amp speed controller. So you got to be able to at least put as much power through your speed controller as the motor is going to draw, otherwise you're going to burn it out. But recommendation is do not just match, go over. Go over by at least 20% because you never know if the motor may draw a little bit more than what it's rated for. So, and speed controllers are typically available 12, 15, 20 amp, 30 amp, 40 amp. And you know, after 50 amps, they start going like in tens uh, for the most part. Um, I do use 12 amps on my little mini quad. So, um, and they're really tiny speed controllers. But um, you can get them in multiple sizes. And it doesn't hurt to put a 30 amp onto a 15 amp. Just, um, I would just go a little bit above. So if you're taking a 15 amp motor, make sure you do at least a 20 amp speed controller. If you get if you have 30s laying around or 30s are cheaper than the 20s, it doesn't hurt to go that way. Um, I generally put 30s on even when it's only a 15 amp motor, just in case I ever want in the future I want to put a change of motors out. And maybe the motors I'm going to put on are going to draw more. I don't got to change the, the speed controllers out because the cost difference in speed controllers between a 20 and a 30 is pretty negligible, really. All right, so we put us all together now. So first thing we've got to do is figure out what is the max amps on our motors. We're going to say 15 for our example which is actually rather high because I'm building this like a mini quad um, but we're going to do this as an example how many motors? We're going to do four we're going to do a quad um, we're going to do three S's like I said most times stick with three S unless you really have a need for a four S uh, motor size since I'm doing a mini quad I'm going to do the 2300 KVs with five inch props and I just put 30 amp speed controllers but I'm only using 12s on mine I think and I left 15 amps for the flight control and other peripherals if you're just doing a flight controller it is nowhere close to 15 amps. But if you're doing like um, GPS, flight controller, and telemetry back, plus with POV camera and transmitter, you're getting kind of close to 15 amps, which is kind of how I do most of my stuff. So um, <clears throat> 15 is a safe a safe thing. So based on this, here's, where, here's how I calculate things out. Four motors of 15 amps is a total of 60 amps. And then we're going to add 15 amps for our other draw of our other peripherals, like speed controllers, not speed controllers, but the uh, flight controller, camera, broadcast, I mean the transmitter for the that, the receiver, all that stuff. We're going to be at 15 amps just to be safe. So we have a total of 75 amps. We want at least 10 minute flying time. So we need at least a 4,000 milliamp battery. But let's show you how we got to that. So what we typically do in typical flying, you're using 30 to 35% of your throttle um, for most of the time. Unless, unless, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this here in a little bit, again, if you're racing or doing acrobatics or you're climbing from like 10 feet to 400 feet really fast, that's going to use a lot more than 30 to 35%. But typical flying around is 30 to 35%. So of the 75 amps, that is 22 and a half amps, a constant draw. Uh, it's about 250 watts. All the watts, we're not going to use it for anything here. And again, like I said, this percentage is, uh, is only if you're not like running it really hard. If you are running it hard, racing it, acrobatic type stuff, doing a lot of running around, that never needs to go up. So um, so to get run length reduced, we divide the battery size in amps by your amp draw and then multiply that by 60 because the battery is in milliamp hours, so 60 minutes in an hour. So in this case here, we have 4 divided by 22.5.
The four is the battery. The battery is a 4,000 milliamp, which is four amps. And we know we're going to draw around 22.5 average flying around. So that gives us 0 0.178 hours of flight time. So if you take that by 60 to get to your hours, that's 10.67 minutes of flight time. So I gave you the 4,000, but let's say if we want to, we want to say, I'll, I have in my mind I want to fly for 10 minutes. How big a battery do I need? So what we do is we do reverse what we just did. You take the 10 divided by 60. That gets your the portion of the hour that you want to fly. So you want to fly for 0 0.167 hours, which is 10 minutes. And then you multiply that by 22.5 amps, which gives you 3.75 amp hours, or a battery that is a 3750 mAh, or milliamp hours. So by dividing the desired runtime in minutes by 60, you get how much of a partial hour, and then you take that and figure out how much are you gonna, how much, how many, how big of a battery you need to make up to that partial hour. So that's how we got to our 3750. But they don't really make a 3750 milliamp battery. There's probably gonna be a 4000 milliamp, which is why I said 4000, which actually gets you 11 to 12 minutes, about a little, almost 11 minutes uh, of flight time. So that's how we calculate how big of a battery we need as far as milliamp hours go. So now we need now we know we know that we know a 3S battery and at least 4000 milliamps. Assuming we find a 4000 milliamp battery, you don't want to go to a 5 or whatever. What C rating do we need to power those that 75 amps that we're going to draw? And the quick answer is C19. So here's how we get to that. The quick answer is C19 because 4 amps times 19 equals 76 amps. So that's our constant draw. But, I mean, you gotta remember this, 4 is 4,000 milliamp hours. Uh, is, yeah, 4 is 4 amps or 4,000 milliamp hours. If you divide the max amps, 75 in this case, by the amp hours, you get a, ma a minimum C rating of 18.75. But you can't have 0.75 of a cell, so it would round up to 19 in, in this case. Um, but, most batteries have a C rating are, are multiples of at least five. So you're gonna you're not gonna find a 19. You're gonna find a 20 or 25. So what we're gonna look for is a 20C at a minimum a 20C battery or 25C whichever. I mean you can get different variations of that at 4,000 milliamp hours. And so if we had a 5,000 milliamp battery and we would divide 75 by five, that comes back to 15. So we could get away with a 15C battery in that case. Um, or and again, 20C would work. So it doesn't hurt to get a bigger for uh, C battery than what you need. So if you only need 19, you get a 40. It's still going to work. However, I think when you look at the cost of the batteries, and you're going to see that the 40C is a lot more expensive than the 20C, because the higher the C rating, the higher the cost of the battery goes. So putting it all together, here's what we have: we have four 2300 kV motors that draw a max of 15 amps each. Um, we have four 20 amp or 30 amp speed controllers a 4,000 milliamp 20C battery to provide about 10 minutes of flight time and some 5-inch props. So that's how we do the math for building out any kind of multi-rear device. So like I mentioned before that segment, this was the math week. So get the math out of the way. Well, not quite. We're still got a couple, a few more minutes until this show's over. But uh, we got the, most of the math out of the way. Uh, and during that, so there's a couple of tools I'm going to send before. I'm going to put some links out in the show notes as to where you can download some spreadsheets. I'll convert them to other, to like Excel or something that you can open them. And, uh, I have it in Google docs or Google, whatever they call their Excel and a number, uh, number that's Mac. 
anyways, I have it out there too, and I'll probably I'll link out that way too, so you can just grab it off of there if you want to share it. But there's there's also easier ways. So let me do this. I'm gonna go over to to the the PC here real quick. Um, I thought I was. Oh yeah, I am. There we go. All right. So this is a site. If you go out and you just look for lipo calculator, search for that. You're gonna find a couple of sites that have this lipo calculator. And basically, here's what it is. So let's say you're gonna build a quad. So you know you have four motors. And the current maximum current for a motor is 15 amps. And if you just want a basic quad, you're gonna just a couple of amps is enough for um, receivers and stuff like that. And you probably want to do a 3s, which is 11.1 volts. And down here, the so we're gonna assume 2200 milliamps starting. Out. That's the default. Normal usage, so you're not flying around really hard or racing, things like that. You're going to get seven minutes out of that. If you increase your battery to 5,000 milliamp hours, go up here to five. Sorry, so slow. I don't want to go past it. That gets you 16 minutes. And, of course, with 80% roll, it's 13 minutes. So you can uh, play with this. If you go with smaller motors that are, like, maybe uh, 11 amps, you get 21 minutes out of it. And if you're going to fly hard, you need to bring this up because that's going to use your batteries up more and you can see uh, what it draws. Basically, what's happening was when you were down here at the normal, it's drawing about 30% or so of the load uh, of the, the, the motors. But when you're starting to either climbing hard or you're racing, so you're like constantly pushing it hard, you're going to use that much, much more than just hovering around. So we're going to bring that up. And you see your numbers go way down, especially if you go back up to 15. Like that. So there you see you're down to six minutes. So this is one way you can calculate it. You can do it the way that I mentioned it in the in the previous segment. And you have the, you have the ability to do the calcula calculations yourself. This is just doing it for you. Uh, and I give you some different ways to calculate the other direction as well. So let's say you want to get 10 minutes of flight. And you know it. You can. I showed you how to figure that out. This one doesn't do it that way. This one only tells you how long you have based on what you have installed and selected. So, um, this is a, a, a good, a good, quick way to go out and figure out real quick. But I like to know how long. I say I want to go for twenty minutes. So I know that I'm, I'm doing video stuff, and I have six motors, and I know what the draw is on it, and I know I want to get at least twenty minutes of filming before I have to come back. And so I'll go reverse that and say, what's that, what kind of batteries do I have? Well, I'm typically, uh, if I'm doing something video related on my hexacopter, I'll put on, uh, two 5500s or 6500s batteries, milliamp hour batteries, three S's. And that gets me, you know, a little over 20 minutes of good flight time. And if I'm, if I'm not pushing it hard, uh, and just floating around like at one spot and it's not windy, it can go a little longer than that. You know, I, I don't fly by time. I fly by what the meter says in my display so um i know i'm getting a little over 20 minutes sometimes if it's windy out it's fighting and if i'm flying around a lot or going up higher or up down or or you know just flying it hard i call flying it hard it doesn't last as long so there definitely is a big difference in that uh, when i first uh when I, somebody first sees me playing with it or i'm showing somebody something sometimes they want they want to go up and i'll climb real hard to get up there and then i'll, I'll you know hover up there 
And there's been times that I've been fighting the wind and my battery goes way down because it's just fighting the wind as hard as it can to, to not to stay still because I have it in GPS hold mode. So it's all kinds of things like that. Now my little quads that I'm starting to use for racing, I'm pushing those little things pretty hard, but they're a lot smaller motors too and they don't draw as much amperage. So, but you know, it still takes a pretty good size battery if you want to go for 20 minutes. So this is, like I said, this is the hardest part of the quad build. It's figuring what you really need because you hate to go out and buy motors and don't get a, and then buy a battery. It doesn't match or vice versa. Uh, and I have that experience before where I bought motors thinking they were four S motors and they didn't, they were three S motors and they don't last long. They will work, but they don't last really long. They don't, they don't take the abuse of flying things hard at all. And, uh, but I bought them thinking they were 4S because they were on the site right next to the 4Ss and I didn't look at that close. So definitely be careful what you're buying, especially off of Amazon. I mentioned that before in the in the segment there. Um, I've gotten bit by things on Amazon that aren't what they say they are. They claim to be one thing, but when I get them, they are not. And uh, um, if you're just starting out, low-end motors are not bad because you're going to crash. And a lot of times you crash, if you crash in towards the motor it will bend it and it won't fly straight it won't it'll have vibrations um and you eventually going to replace that when you get to the point where you're not crashing anymore you're going to want a good solid stable quad or hexacopter and um octocopter whatever you can the tricopter i mean it's the same tricopters too uh you're gonna want to upgrade your motors at that point so don't go spend 25 dollars for a motor when you can get it for six dollars to learn and then after you learn you know you go out and you get tired or I want a new a new a new one or build a new one or you just want to upgrade to your current one, that's when you go out and you get the better motors. Um, spend more money. Um that type of stuff. I mean that's the kind of thing. Just make sure everything matches. Make sure you have big enough ESCs or speed controllers. Uh make sure your motors are three S or four S and the battery is a three S or four S and they match. That's most important. Um I'll have the question come up, I'm sure if I don't say it, why not two S? Well there's only reason I can think of you wouldn't go two S. Well, there's a couple of reasons. One of them is if you most of the video, if you're doing a kind of video recording or something like that, uh, or transmit, it's almost all 12 volts. Cameras are 12 volts typically. The transmitter 12 volts, things like that. Uh, otherwise, there's well, motors are harder to get. They're not as powerful in the long run. They're not as powerful as a 3s. But I have seen things run on. I've seen things run on 1s. My little Luxon thing, the first one I ever got, is a 1s, and it works fine. Um, so it's really up to you. Most people stick to three S. It's just the most common thing for, for this four S is become, is kind of common, but typically in the professional range, uh, the, the upper voltage, you definitely have to have like a battery eliminator circuit for some receivers will take up to 12 volts as, as far as like your R your radio receivers and some flight control up to 12 volts, but most of them can't take 14. So you are at the point where you need a battery eliminator at that point And, uh, that's another piece of equipment you got to stick on. So kind of gauge it out too. Look at what voltage your controllers need. What uh, if you want to do a camera? Your camera's probably twelve volts. Your video transmitter's probably twelve volts. All that's so best is to try sticking with three S when it comes to that. But if you're just doing a little fly around thing that's that's not no video on it, a real simple controller, and the controller can work with less than twelve volts, try try two S. I've never done it myself, so I, I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just one of those things where I've always stuck with 3S because the equipment I was using needed at least 12 volts to get to get video back to me. That's the only reason that I would stick with a 3S versus a 2S. If you know something different, if you used to build a 2S before, let me know because, I mean, I just I with 2S batteries. 
I've always stuck with 3S. I, I move them around between different different flight or uh, different chassis or airframes and stuff like that. And I, just, I have 4S's as well. So I use 4S for larger motors, typically. All right. So this was the first show of the quadcopters. Next week, we're going to talk about the radio upgrade. Uh, I did a radio upgrade on a FlySky 9X. And I am actually using an FR Sky transmitter and receiver now with telemetry. And I'll talk about why I did that um, beyond the distance. It wasn't the distance that I only gained like a half a kilometer approximately uh, in distance. But that wasn't the reason I did it. There were some other things that it, that it gave me. And it wasn't telemetry back. I'm getting telemetry and data back in my video screen. I don't need it back to the radio. Although it's kind of neat having it on the radio. Uh, but that wasn't the reason that I did it. And I'll talk about why that is. I'll walk you through the process that I did to do it. It's actually rather inexpensive. And it also allowed me to upgrade the radio's firmware to open source firmware, which gave me a lot more options than what came on the the, the box natively. So we're going to talk all about all that stuff with radios. That's all next week on Let's Make It. Again, next Wednesday at 7 p.m., come watch us live. Come into the chat room. Tell your friends about us. Uh, we'd love to get our YouTube subscribers up. Uh, we're doing great when it comes to Roku and downloads. We're over 50,000 now with downloads and, and Roku watches for our show. It takes about uh, nine days to get there, but our, our YouTube is like way low and uh, love to get that up there. So uh, do like us on YouTube, follow us on YouTube, subscribe to us on YouTube, tell your friends about us, tweet about us, Facebook us, whatever. We have, we're available everywhere as far as podcasts go. If we're not there, if you go somewhere and you don't see us, you need to let us know because we think we're there. We think we're everywhere at this point. Uh, and if you are, got a Roku, I said watch us on Roku. That's how you get us on the big screen. You can watch us live on Roku. You can watch the old shows on Roku. Uh, that is like a very popular option for us right now. Like I said, it and the downloads are the two most popular. And uh, spreading the word uh, is helping us, but we like to spread it on the YouTube side as well. So... Anything you can do to help us out, we definitely would appreciate it. Again, we'll see you next Wednesday at 7 p.m. right here on Let's Make It. For show notes for this show, contacts, and more, go to the techzen.tv website where you can get show notes for all of our shows. We love to hear from our viewers and listeners. We have an email, a Twitter, and a phone number where you can contact us for each show. For details, visit the techzen.tv website and get the show details. You can also make a video and upload it somewhere like YouTube or Vimeo and then just send us a link. You never know, you may see your video in a future show. You can get all of our shows delivered automatically to your favorite device by going to your favorite podcast website like iTunes and subscribing. Each of our shows also has a YouTube channel you can subscribe to to get regular updates. Our shows are also available on most internet radio networks like Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. You can also watch and listen to our shows on Xbox, TiVo, and Roku. You can even find us on your Zoom.